you ever wished you could just grab coffee with a top leader in your direct sales company and pick her brain about all the things? Well, you're in luck. My name is Tiffany Spees. Welcome to Directly Different, the podcast where I have conversations with top direct sales leaders and ask them to share what they're doing differently to help them achieve success in their businesses. Direct sales doesn't have to feel spammy or gross. You can absolutely find success in your business by doing things a different way. I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Directly Different. Thank you so much for listening along as I am re-airing some past favorite episodes. I think you might sense a little bit of a theme with these episodes that I'm choosing. Last week's had to do with clutter and disorganization, and this week's episode has to do with minimalism and chasing simplicity. I am re-airing the episode that I did back in December of 2020 with Alexandra Meester, my friend from Lemongrass Spa, and we chatted about how she pursues simplicity in her life and in her business. Alexandra has had a very busy couple of years since we aired, well, year and a half, I guess, since we aired her episode. She is now pregnant with baby number two, and I could not be more excited for her. And of course, she is still pursuing simplicity in so many areas of her life. And I just appreciate the friend that she is to me, and I... I'm grateful for her influence in my life. I have so much to learn from her. She's the best, (laughs) but wanted to re-air this episode. I also have been looking for episodes that people have come back and have mentioned to me specifically. And this is one that I have heard come up over and over and over again. Oh, that one you did with Alexandra, that episode was so good. And I love to hear that because I know that it is resonating with you guys. And so if you, if there's an episode that has stood out to you over the last couple of years, let me know. I will definitely put it on my re-airing list. And I love to re-air the episodes that you guys want to hear. So I hope you enjoy listening in Again, on episode number 12, we're going way back, episode number 12, Chasing Simplicity with Alexandra Meester. Today, I am so excited to share my conversation with my friend, Alexandra Meister. She is a director with Lemongrass Spa, and she's been with them for five years now. And she joined when she was in college and ended up becoming the youngest director in our company's history, which is such a cool accomplishment. And she was able to graduate from college debt-free. And since then, she has gotten married and has started a little family. Her little daughter is so sweet, just the most adorable little thing. And she is young, but just so mature. And over the last few years, she has really adopted a minimalist lifestyle and not in the minimalist like you'd think of, you know, like stark white walls and no furniture. Minimalist as in embracing simplicity in her life and really just striving to make things as simple as possible so that way she can live a happier, fuller, more productive life. And it's just such an intriguing mindset to me because I need a lot of work in that area. And so I was really excited to have her as a guest so she could share more about her journey with minimalism. 
especially as it pertains to her business. And so I, I think that I'd like to think that every single episode that, you know, we've we've had on the show has been full of practical advice, but I really feel like this episode is so practical for anyone and you can truly simplify your life and your business so that you are creating essentially more time. Isn't that what we all need more of? So I hope that you enjoy this episode. I know that we loved catching up and chatting and we loved having this conversation for you. So I hope that you're able to take away some really great practical advice from Alexandra. And thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. Hi, Alexandra. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. How are you? Hey, Tiffany. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me here. This is going to be so much fun. Yes, we have so much to talk about today. <laughs> well, so little to talk about today, I should say. Right? <laughs> All right. So I love it. tell us a little bit about your family to start off. Yeah, so my husband is Jeff. We've been married for two and a half years, and we have an 11-month-old baby girl. Yes, and she, yeah, she her birthday is right around the corner. She is the most it adorable is. thing. And a little fun <laughs> fact about Alexandra. So we were on a very fun vacation together just about a year and a half ago or so, and it was so cute. They announced that they were pregnant while we were there in Mexico on the vacation. That was so much fun and just such a fun memory to share. But I've known Alexandra, uh, I think we met at that first conference that we both attended in Denver, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's right. That was four years ago, right? Yes. Yes. And oh so tell us a little bit about your direct sales journey. Yeah. So I've been with Lemongrass Spa for it was five years last week, actually. I just celebrated my five-year milestone. So uh, five years ago, I was a college student. Uh, my hours at my job had just gotten cut and I was babysitting and like just doing all these odd random jobs and I needed to make some extra cash. So that was happening on the peripheral in my life. I'm, you know, a college student studying marketing. Um, but then I also started off on this journey to switch out a lot of my everyday products for more non-toxic options. And I was doing pretty good on my, on my journey of ditching and switching until I got to mascara. <laughs> when I got to mascara, I was like, wow, it is super hard to find an organic mascara with really clean ingredients for under 50 bucks. Like that was, you know, I was a college student at the time, like couldn't spend 50 bucks on mascara. And so through a Google search, I found Lemongrass Bob and I went to add my $16 mascara. <laughs> it was only like seven ingredients to my cart. And I realized that it was a direct sales opportunity. And I started doing some more research about the company and the products. And before I even tried anything, I was in love. So I was in college and I had this, this vision that I was going to graduate with my bachelor's degree, hundred percent debt-free. When I found out that Lemongrass Spa was also a debt-free company, I was like, wow, this is a company that really lines up with my values, with my personal values. And I'm already on this journey to switch out my products to more non-toxic ones. And this is a brand that I can really get behind. So that is, that's how I found Lemongrass Spa. And I just started sharing it and my friends and family started trying the products and falling in love. And I really didn't plan on building a team, but people just started 
joining. They just wanted to go on the journey with me. And so um, just a couple months after that, I became the youngest director at Lemongrass Spa. So the youngest person ever to promote to director. Yeah, that's really exciting. You became the youngest director and you have a growing team. It's been so much fun to be in leadership with you and get to know you over the years. And you also work a full-time job, correct? I do. I do. I work in marketing full-time as well. And then Lemongrass Spa is after hours. So what do you, how many hours a week do you say, would you say that you work your Lemongrass Spa business? Cause I mean, full-time, do you work 40 hours at your marketing job? I do. Yeah. So full-time is like 40 hours plus some, just depending on the season. And then I would say probably 10 to 20 hours additional with lemongrass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say that's about right for, for anyone in, you know, a leadership position, I would say, you know, at least a good 10 hours to 20 hours, um, Mm -hmm. at the minimum, depending on the size of your team and the size of your business. But so you have to balance a lot, which is so crazy because you're, you know, a newer wife, a new mom, you know, figuring everything out, you a full-time job. And also this side gig, oh man, you were probably like exhausted <laughs> at night. <laughs> are you, now I know we've chatted about this a lot, but I know you are, you know, type a very organized. Are you one to go to bed early or would were, are you, do you like to stay up late? Like what's your personality in that, in that sense? Oh, that's a good question. I will stay up late if I have to, like if it's the end of the month, <laughs> but <laughs> I do my best work in the morning. Okay. I would say I do too. I do my best work in the morning. However, I don't like to get up early in the morning. <laughs> so yes, kind of like <laughs> that a, is the struggle. <laughs> like I'm a night owl and an early bird. So I don't know. I'm just kind of, uh, you know, in the middle there. <laughs> So since becoming a mom, I've found that my morning time is the time that I'm me. And so that's the time that I do my Bible time and prayer time. I make coffee. And then that is when I get a good chunk of my lemongrass work in in the morning. So I feel like I'm starting my day off on the right foot. And it's like, it's me time. I'm not a mom yet. I'm not a wife yet. I'm just me and business owner first thing. Yes. That's really good advice for, for anyone because as hard as it is some mornings to hear that alarm and get out of bed. It it's true. If you have that uninterrupted time, you, you almost like need to get it, you know, get that in at the beginning of the morning or else sometimes it just does not happen. Cause at night after you've been working all day and then making dinner and then, you know, taking care of the baby and you know, all the other things that you have to do at home, the last thing you want to do, I mean, it's fun don't get me wrong. Direct sales is so much fun as a job, but sometimes at the end of the day, like you don't, you don't want to be sitting down, you know, to a pile of work. (laughs) That's for sure. Cause then that sucks the fun out of it really fast (laughs) for sure. Yeah, for sure. It is still work. I mean, it it is fun, but it is still work. And so I want to bring my best self and for me, my best self is in the morning. Yes. I love that so much. Okay. So I just mentioned it, but you are firstborn type a, if you guys, if anyone listening is into Enneagrams, she's an Enneagram one, (laughs) one wing two. (laughs) And so tell us a little bit about how that has structured your, your, your business and all that kind of stuff in, in your job. Like, tell us about how that has impacted your life. You know, what does like a day-to-day routine schedule, whatever look like for you? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. So this makes me really happy to talk about this. That's how much <laughs> of a type A Enneagram one I am. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about order and structure and systems. Like this is fantastic. So for me, I am I'm all about simplicity. Like if we can just simplify systems and have systems and routines, um, that is that is the way to go. So like I said, I am a morning person. So my morning routine looks like getting up and getting ready, having my Bible time, making coffee, and then having my lemongrass bath time. That's usually when I feel the most fresh to connect with my team and schedule out some social media posts. And then I stop working when baby girl wakes up. She's my alarm for that. Um, and then we have like our morning routine. And then by the time, um, you know, our breakfast is done, our nanny comes, um, our nanny is my younger sister. And so then I start my full-time job and I work from home, my full-time job. So I am um, really intentional about having those boundaries. Like it's something as simple as I put on a nice sweater and I walk into the room where I do my full-time job. And then at the end of the day, when I'm done, I close my laptop and I put my slippers under my desk and I like, you know, close the, you know, turn the lights off and everything. Like, I'm just very intentional about that boundary in that space is for my full-time job. And then my family gets the rest of me, you know, throughout the evening. So, um, yeah, for me, like simplicity with mealtime looks like I make three to four dinners a week. So I meal plan actually really, really strictly because um, I hate cooking. <laughs> it is not something that I'm good at. My family eats for survival, not for fun. <laughs> that is so just the, that is just the way that we do it over here. Um, I wish that I loved cooking. I feel like that would just make life so much easier if I liked it, but I don't really like it. So a system that I've put in place um, that I know it, it might not sound like it impacts my business, but we all have to eat. And so for me to have one system of meals figured out, um, I actually have more time and energy for my business. So what I do is I meal plan um, two weeks at a time and I grocery shop for two weeks at a time. And then I make one meal every other day. So I'm not making dinner every night. So the off night, I actually have more time to spend with my family or if I need to do a hostess coaching call or if I have my team meeting, I can fit that in and I can actually sync up my meal plan and my cooking with my business and make sure that I have time for that so that I'm not frazzled when I get to, you know, my team meeting. I'm not like, oh my gosh, like I'm all haggard. I'm a disaster. Like I don't even know what to say. Um, I just feel like I can have that, that good mental space because we've already done everything that needs to be done. Like we, we ate dinner, let's put away and then we can move on to the next thing. So. Yeah. I would say I do something sort of similar to hearing you talk about that. I'm like, Oh, I, I do that too. I, I do enjoy cooking, but I don't like to spend a lot of time doing it, even though I enjoy it. I don't want it. it that's stupid to take too much time doing it. So <laughs> I, cause we're just going to eat it and my kids are probably going to hate it anyway. So why would I spend so much time with it? So I tend to do meals that are quick, especially uh, you know, at month end or on a night where I know I have a party, you know, or I have to go live or I have a podcast interview or something, some nights where I know that I have extra things going on. I try to do that where I try to intentionally make sure that I have a super quick dinner or something in the crock pot or something that is, does not cause me any stress and does not take too much time and effort and energy because you're right. If you are spending your, you have so much energy throughout the day, a certain amount, 
And if you're spending that on things that you really don't want to be spending, on, it's a, such a waste. So, uh, I love that. I love that. Even though we have different, uh, types and personalities that we do something similar for our families, because you're right, they do have to eat. <laughs> so, uh, whether they like it or not, <laughs> they have to eat and it's, you know, it might as well not cause us tons of stress. So while we're at it. So I love that. That's such a practical tip. So you have really adopted a mindset of minimalism in your life. So, and this really stands out to me. This is why I would wanted to have you as a guest on the podcast because it's just such an intriguing thing. And honestly, I told you this, we probably should have done this episode before cyber Monday and all that kind of stuff. So people could, you know, oh yeah, I need to be minimalist, <laughs> a little bit more minimalist, but tell us about your minimalism journey and how you got into that and what that looks like for you. So tell us more about that. Yeah. So minimalism is really trendy, but I love what you said. It, it really is a mindset to me. It's a mindset and a lifestyle. It's not just about this aesthetic or my Instagram grid. And um, it is a mindset of living simpler. And I feel like when we have like less really is more. And so my, my goal is to chase symbolism because that means chasing joy because there's less stuff in my home, less digital clutter, um, just less chaos, then I have more room for authentic relationships and genuine joy. And so I can't really pinpoint like where that started, but it did start in my physical space because our physical space is um, really a barometer of what's going on mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually for us. And so um, for me, having a, a tidy, organized, and just less cluttered space um, was really important because I think everybody deserves to have a clutter-free space. And um, your your environment, your physical environment, really is a reflection of how you feel about yourself, if you feel worthy to have a clean space or not. And so that was something that I really wanted to nurture, that, that physical space of just having less. Um, I just didn't want to be controlled by stuff. Um, both in my, my personal life, but in my business too. Um, for my business with minimalism, I, maybe like you, <laughs> went to lots of direct sales parties where the consultant would come in with bag after bag after bag of product and then proceed to like set them up and unpack and like, and then at the end of the night, she's spending like an hour not having genuine like conversation with any of the guests she's packing all of this stuff up to do it again. Who knows when, like that looked so exhausting to me. And I said, wow, if I ever do direct sales, um, I want to be a one bag show. And so pre COVID <laughs> when like in-person parties were a thing, um, that, that was what I really, you know, strive for was everything that I need to do a, a spa night should fit in one bag. If it can't fit in one bag, then, um, then I need to simplify something, or maybe we had too many guests and like, we need to split that out into two other parties. And so, um, yeah, just looking for any area for simplicity, because then it just, it leaves more room for, for genuine and authentic like relationships and conversations. So have you, so when you started adopting this lifestyle, you said it started in your physical space. Did you, cause I know, you know, Marie Kondo is very popular. Was that kind of like, did you read something or did you just, was it just kind of like your own thing? Like, Hey, I need to, I want to get this place, you know, 
in ship shape. And so I'm going to, and then it just kind of started spilling over into your other parts of your life. Or did you, did you like read something that just like changed your perspective or what, like, I know you said you couldn't pinpoint the exact time, but you know, was there something like that, that really impacted your decision to be not minimalist in it, in, like you said, uh, like the aesthetically minimalist, you know, not necessarily, but the more minimalist lifestyle and mindset that you have, that you just, you know, you've realized that simplicity equals joy. And so, you know, was there something that you read or heard or something that impacted that decision? Yeah. Yeah, there definitely was. So, um, once we got married, we, you know, as it just happens, like your stuff just accumulates. And as I've said, I'm, I have a really busy life. That's just the, the matter of fact. And I was finding that my free time was being controlled by my stuff. I was spending so much time, like folding all this laundry and like moving piles from one place to another. And I was like, I don't want to be controlled by my stuff. I want to control my stuff. Um, I also read a really awesome book. It's probably one of my favorite books, just like about lifestyle to date. Um, it's called Almost Amish by um, Nancy Sleep. And she just compares, you know, life to, to the Amish and how, you know, sim- simple they are um, and how they have time for community and they have you know, time to really invest into each other and into themselves um, physically, emotionally, spiritually, because they don't have a lot of stuff. And so that's something that really inspired me. Um, I'm definitely not there, <laughs> but that's the goal, you know, is just to not be, not be controlled by stuff. So you started adopting this more minimalist lifestyle after you guys got married. And I know that you have adopted some more minimalist, uh, lifestyle choices when you, especially since having your daughter. So tell us a little bit about how that has translated into motherhood as well. Yeah. So we do wardrobe capsules over here. (laughs) So I try to not have um, more clothes in her drawer, like for the season that she's in than what she wears in a week. Um, and that varies, you know, kid to kid and age to age, but I do laundry just once a week. And so whatever she wears throughout the week, it's washed, it goes back in her drawer and we start all over again. So, um, just those little tweaks really do simplify life and it helps me to have more time for, you know, spend, like, I'd rather, you know, have that time to like read books with her and play with her. Um, another area that we've tried to be minimal in is her toys. <laughs> I just don't want to be like tripping over toys all the time. And so we've tried to, you know, invest in, in like good wooden toys and like, you know, like they're really good for her development and, um, not have lots of little pieces or moving parts and noises and things like that. We don't have any toys with noises on them. Um, for my, for my sanity. (laughs) You decided to be more minimalist in your business as well. And that you wanted to be, and I feel like I made this decision too. I remember when I first started, because obviously we're the same company. When I first started, I remember I would be so stressed if I got to a party and realized that I had forgotten to grab, you know, every single lemongrass product that I owned, you know, the soap, next to the sink in the guest bathroom, like, Oh no, I forgot to bring that with me because I was bringing literally every product that I owned, which wasn't like tons at that point, but still it was, I was bringing every product I own because I'm like, okay, well, everyone's going to want to see everything. And so I have to bring everything. And I would bring, you know, not bags and bags, but it was definitely more than one bag. And so I got myself one bag, a, one of those big 31 totes. And I said, okay, 
whatever fits in here is what I bring and whatever doesn't fit in here, I don't bring. <laughs> so that has worked out very well. And so I love that tip. So if you're listening and you feel like you have to bring every single product that your company sells to a party, please don't. <laughs> and I mean, I know that parties aren't a thing right now, but the next time you do one, please don't bring everything because it will stress you out. It will stress your guests out. It will stress everybody out because there's too much there. And I will try to share that tip with my newer consultants on my team, because you do feel at first that you have to bring everything with you. And so I do try to share that, like, Hey, if you're doing a skincare party, just bring skincare and maybe like one other thing or whatever. Like I'll try to guide them, like try, you know, don't feel like you have to bring every single thing with you because they, people don't need to see every single thing. They just want to have fun. <laughs> right. I think there's this fear as consultants of like, well, what if one guest asks me about this one scent or this one product and if I'm not prepared, I'm going to, I'm going to look silly. Um, and I really, I've learned to take those moments where like take my fear out of it and think of it as an opportunity, maybe even a booking opportunity. Like, okay, I don't have that product with me right now, but I'd love to bring that, that product to your event. And um, so just taking those opportunities and just not being afraid of like missing out, but yeah, you're so right. Like your kit comes in one bag or one box and that's all you need. If, if your company has deemed that that's what you need to get started, then that should be, you know, what you need to have a successful event. So that's right. And so have you adopted minimalist and more minimalist mindset when it comes to, I know you mentioned systems and simplifying systems. What are some of the systems that you use in your business that you have really pared down over the last five years and have made more minimalist, um, compared to, you know, maybe a traditional direct sales business? Yeah. So I think one of the really nice side effects of minimalism is just more budget friendly too. And so that was something that was really important to me is, you know, some of us get into direct sales just for it to be a hobby. And then some of us get into it really, you know, relying on that paycheck. And it's really tough when you're giving that paycheck away to things that are supposed to be helping your business. And there's definitely a time and place to invest into your business and, you know, different systems and tools to invest into your business. Um, but I realized that just limiting my subscriptions, the things that I subscribe to, um, for my business really has one saved a ton of money, but two, I don't have to like keep up with all of these different programs, like a different program to design emails and a different one to like send out text messages and a different one to, you know, post social graphics and all that. And there are some amazing tools and, and, um, systems out there that are really helpful for direct sellers, but I, they just overwhelm me. <laughs> so that was just something um, that I've kind of committed to is just, you know, really limiting my subscriptions. And um, so what that looks like for me is I do a lot of emails um, with my customers and they're not fancy, but I would rather communicate with them <laughs> than have this like super fancy um, email, which is probably really terrible. Like as a marketer that I'm saying that, like, but the communication piece is really important. <laughs> so I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather communicate with them. Um, I also have a separate phone number for like all of my, um, customer follow-up. So then that's like in a one streamlined place. And what I do is not very organized is one way I'm not super organized, but for my, for my follow-ups, like I'll just take some time and I'll scroll back through my text and say, Hey, who haven't I, you know, chatted with in a while? Like, let me, let me follow up with them. Um, and just let, to let those conversations happen organically. It's not always this like, well, it's been two weeks. Do you need a refill? Like they might not. So mm -hmm. I just want to have that, you know, more, um, more organic and authentic conversations. So 
yeah, it's not really fancy, but just keeping in touch with people is so, so important. And just, I never want anyone, you know, I never want my customers to like question, like, does she still sell lemongrass? Like, did she fall off the face of the earth? Like what happened to her? Like I haven't heard from her in a while. So just, you know, not being annoying, but just keeping in touch with them is, um, is really important. And the same, same goes for my team too. Yes. I think staying top of mind is of utmost importance because like you said, people will think like, oh, I need whatever product that I use. I don't, I haven't heard from Alexandra in a while. I wonder if she still sells lemongrass. No, they don't think that because they, because you keep in touch and because you stay consistent and posting and, and you are, you know, always communicating, not overly communicating, but always communicating. And that was a really good tip too, about the subscriptions. I find that occasionally I'll sit back and think like, okay, (laughs) you know, kind of revisit each subscription that I'm, that I'm part of and be like, okay, am I, have I used this in the last month? I have found myself, you know, seeing the latest and greatest subscription for something or whatever and being like, okay, am I really going to sit down and be intentional about setting this system up or no? Because if I'm not going to do it right away, then it's not worth me signing up for it right away. And so I have stopped myself from <laughs> getting into some things, but I do try to reassess. That's such a, an important part of minimalism though, is like asking yourself those questions. Like, do I really need it? And if the question is yes, then like, don't be afraid. Like you've done to you know, reevaluate down the road. Like, is this still, you know, serving, um, you know, serving a good purpose. Another thing that I, another area that I was finding a lot of clutter in is the digital clutter on my camera roll. <laughs> How many times have you like somebody asks you about a product and you're like scrolling through thousands of pictures? Like I will find this graphic that I saved my camera roll two months ago and it just wastes so much time, like just scrolling. And so um, I'm trying to get better about, you know, adding certain graphics for different things into their own albums. It takes 0.2 seconds and it saves so much time. Oh my goodness. This is this interview is for me. Like, I like we're. I feel like this is you are speaking to me, Alexandra. Like, I need this. I need this advice so badly. <laughs> and I have always thought that, like, because you know, I'll go. Like you said, if somebody asks a question, I'll go quick into our, you know, our consultant resources that we have that we can go and save graphics or whatever. I'll go in there and save whatever graphic I need and send it to the customer. Oh my goodness. I totally never even thought about doing that, like saving it into its own folder, or even if I might've thought about it, but it just, you know, oh, that takes too long or that's too difficult to do. It probably doesn't. It probably takes, you said, probably takes 0.2 seconds. So something that, again, we're, we do have different personalities, but something that I have really (laughs) embraced in my life, especially at this stage with kids and, you know, schedules and all that kind of stuff is I try to keep things as simple as possible so simple, like a caveman can do it simple, you know, like that phrase from that commercial. And I, you know, I try to, I just try to make everything as yeah, bare bones as possible. So how does that, does like, how do you approach that minimalism in your business itself? Like in, you know, events in giveaways in your customer group, like what are your minimalist practices in those areas? Yeah. So in my VIP group, I do, I try not to go overboard with like having my customers jump through all these hoops to like be entered to win something. Um, I try to make it simple for them too, because I get better interaction and better engagement if it's simple for them. And it really is just simple all around for my virtual events, which are all of my events these days. Um, I don't do any of those fun, like 
points or <laughs> like I am just really, really simple when it like I don't do any of that fancy frilly stuff. And like I love and commend people that do that, like that have the brain power for that. But I know myself and I would definitely give somebody the wrong score because I just would not be able to keep up with like who had a certain number of points and like entered a certain number of whatever. So um, that's just something that is really easy for me to say no to. And so I do. I try to have my um, my posts be really product centric, um, and my you know interaction be product centric. So like, flip to your birthday page and tell me what product you you know that you want to try out, um, because it's just a lot of work for me and for the and for the guests as well to like like a certain number of posts and um you know those those types of like more fancy um like point systems for events so yeah i do my my virtual events pretty simple i do them as uh, three-day workshops and um, and i do my this is actually borrowed from another consultant from another company that you interviewed um on your podcast before um she has a really simple system that I experienced as a guest. And I was like, wow, if I like this as a guest, I bet I'd like it as a consultant too. So don't be afraid to borrow things from other people. If it works really well on the receiving end, it's probably going to work really well on the giving end too. So I do my Facebook lives um, the first day of my events. And then I do the majority of my party posts right afterwards because people are already on their phones. They're already there. I don't want to be blowing up their notifications, you know, five days after I've done the live. I already have their attention. They're already thinking about lemongrass. Let's just chat about it now. And um, so, yeah, those are just some ways that um, I simplify my virtual events. And then as far as social media postings go, I try to keep them, I don't, I don't schedule them out too far in advance, but if I think like, you know, the, the specials that happen every month, I do try to schedule those out, but then I try to let other things be a little bit more off the cuff with, if it's a picture of my daughter with, you know, the healing elements ball, like her favorite product, or if it's something that, um, that I just wanted to share that day, I do try to keep it a little bit more, um, off the cuff in that way. Yes. Because like we talked about minimalism doesn't have to be rigid and sterile and it can be fun and warm and relaxing, you know? And so I love that you translate that into your, into your business as well. And I, yeah, I'm totally on board with the whole simple as possible Facebook parties because we, oh man, I mean, if you haven't been invited to a dozen parties, you know, <laughs> in a week, then are you a human? I don't, a female human Then I, I don't think you are because I feel like these days, and it's, it's great because the direct sales industry is just flourishing right now. And I love that. I love seeing that because, you know, people are wanting to shop from home and people are needing to make extra money as the consultant. So I love seeing that, but it does get to be so overwhelming. And so when you can simplify your party down to just, you know, here's the products here. I am take it or leave it. I think people are more attracted to that and they're going to be like, okay, this takes no commitment from me or not no commitment, but this takes minimal commitment from me. I'm going to attend this. And that that's not a negative thing at all. Like you want them to be like, okay, all right, this doesn't take my mental energy that I don't have <laughs> to, like you said, do games, which are so fun. I do. I do enjoy a good Facebook party game <laughs> here and there but it, it does get overwhelming and it can, you know, if you, if you're wondering why your, your Facebook parties aren't exploding, take a look at your party schedule. If it's a lot of, you know, 
points and do this, do that, try to make it light and simple and fun. And people will be so responsive and you will, you'll see a difference. I promise. Okay, Alexandra, what would you, what advice would you have for somebody who's jumping into direct sales or somebody who's overwhelmed by their direct sales business? What advice would you have for them? So that way they can either get started in a, just a simple way, or they can simplify their business to make it more fun. <laughs> so what advice would you have for somebody in either of those situations? Yeah, I would, I guess I would take a look first at what is overwhelming you the most. If it is your hostess coaching, if it's your inventory, pick what is overwhelming you the most. If you could take one thing away and you would feel like you could breathe easier, that's the area that you should focus on first. Um, I love that our company doesn't require us to have inventory. And so that is a lot less stuff that I have in my physical environment. Um, so that's something to look at too. When you're thinking about joining a direct sales um, company, you know, what type of impact is that going to have on your physical space? Do you need to have a lot of inventory? Do you have the space to like designate, designate to that, um, to, you know, to have that product and to, to do that well, maybe for some of you, it's digital clutter. Maybe you just need to set a timer on your phone for an hour and say, nobody, please bother me. I'm going to go through these X number of thousand pictures on my phone and organize them. And so maybe if that would make your life simpler, like just start with what is overwhelming you. Um, I guess, yeah, if you're already in direct sales, start with what is overwhelming you and try to simplify that first. And if you are just getting started do what works for you and do more of that. Don't try to compare yourself to somebody else and think, wow, they're doing so many things and they're, it's all flashy and frilly and fancy. Um, do what works for you. Maybe that works really well for them. Maybe it's not working well for them and they don't realize that yet. So just stay in your lane. Don't compare to anybody else. Do what works for you. Do more of that. Um, and just look for ways to simplify your business because other people will be attracted to you when you're not all frazzled and, um, you know, you want your business to be fun. Yes, it is work. We talked about that. It is work and there is an investment to it, but you should also love what you do. And if you aren't loving what you're doing, maybe, maybe you need to change that. Maybe you just need to simplify it and then you'll love it. That's great advice. And I tell my newer girls or I tell my team a lot that, you know, we have wonderful, amazing trainings. And even with outside of our company, there's we have, especially as a direct seller, I get a lot of Facebook ads and Instagram ads for different direct sales or network marketing centered trainings. And you can get so overwhelmed. Like, Oh, I need this training. Oh, I need this training. Oh, I need to listen to this training. And you can get so overwhelmed. Like, Oh, I need to implement this in my business and this and this and this. And like you said, you can get so overwhelming and you can just it can just be not fun. And so you can, I tell my girls a lot to just you know, listen to trainings and take notes and, and, you know, take what you want from it, but don't feel like you have to implement every single strategy that you hear in a training all at once, because you're going to get overwhelmed. It's not going to work. People are going to be a little bit, you know, like what she's okay. What is she doing now? Like, <laughs> Calm down, you know? So that's really good advice because it is easy to be like, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to, so-and-so said I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to offer, you know, 17 days of giveaways to start off and I have to, you know, or whatever. So it's, you're so right that you need to just 
take a step back, take a deep breath and figure out what you want to focus on and do that first. And then you can add something else when you have that system down, you know? Yeah. I think with that too, Tiffany, when you focus on simplifying, you know, your systems and you can pull back the layers of clutter or chaos and you find what you're passionate about, that's where your brand is. And then you can focus on building your brand and then, yeah, you don't have to compare to anybody else because they're, they're working on building their own brand and then you can stay on brand for you. Yes. That's a common theme through almost every single episode that we've had is that it's so important to be authentically yourself. No, I was going to say when, before you even started this podcast and when we were just chatting about this podcast and your vision for it, um, I remember you saying like, you just wanted to be a cheerleader for doing direct sales differently. And that's what it is. It's about staying on brand and it's about being authentic and just being simple because when you just pack in all of this clutter, that's when it becomes like, it just feels gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it just feels so much better. Um, when, yeah, when you can be minimal in, you know, what you own and what you focus on, you know, even in what you give away and who you are, like, just be, just be simple. And that, um, it just leaves a much, a much better impression on people. I agree. And I am a very visual person. And so, you can, you can just visualize yourself in a cluttered room and you feel stressed out, right? <laughs> so that was you at the beginning of your minimalist journey. You just felt stressed by the stuff that was around you. And so by clearing that, all that out physically, you just felt so much better. And that's exactly how it is in your business. When you have all this stuff and you have subscriptions to every latest and greatest system. And when you have, you know, tons of ideas, which ideas of course are amazing and you have to try stuff to know if they work or not. But when you're trying idea after idea, after idea, and trying to implement so many things all at once, and you're trying to, you know, contact every customer every day and, you know, follow an exact system. And you're trying to, you know, keep up with trainings. It just is so much clutter and you just have to get rid of it in order to, just take a deep breath, like we said, and just realize, okay, this is what I'm good at. So this is what I'm going to keep doing (laughs) for sure. Okay. So we, in our real life conversations, we've chatted a lot about the Enneagram. So I'm an Enneagram nine and I think wing one. So Alexandra, will you tell us, (laughs) even though I already know, what is your Enneagram type? I think we can all guess, but what is it? (laughs) I'm an Enneagram one wing two. um, And that is who I am in most of life. But what I love about the Enneagram is we're all a little bit of all of them. And that's, that's been so helpful to me to realize um, what motivates me and who I am at my healthiest. And then who I am when I'm not healthy. Um, and I can, you know, point to, you know, specific things in my life and go, oh, okay, this is like, I'm not being, I'm not healthy right now because um, I'm not being minimal. I'm, I'm trying to add on too much. I'm, I'm not having good boundaries. I'm not um, saying yes to the best things and no to the lesser things. So. Yes. Okay. So, and I love the Enneagram. I could talk about it all day. We should do someday. I'll do an episode about Enneagrams because in how it translates to direct sales, because it's just such an interesting topic to me. Okay. So my type a Enneagram one friend, (laughs) tell us, this is really fun. Tell us your ideal 
Christmas tree? <laughs> like, what does your ideal Christmas tree look like? Oh, I love that. Well, the, the true Christmas tree is like a real Christmas tree that was grown in the ground. <laughs> it has real needles on it and it smells like pine. Um, yeah. So ideal Christmas tree is a real, real pine tree, probably like a, a fir. Um, so not like the prickly needles because, you know, then you have to, they fall off and you have to vacuum them up and it's just a mess. Um, <laughs> white lights, matching bulbs, and a big burlap bow on the top. <laughs> I love that. No flashing lights, no mismatched no, ornaments. No homemade ornaments. <laughs> Nothing homemade. <laughs> yeah, and then all the Christmas presents are wrapped in the same paper. Oh, that's like funny. <laughs> I, okay, I'm very much in agreement with you on the white lights. I like nice, white, clean lights that are just, I don't know, just crisp and they look great. And like you said, everything matches. I do. We do have a bin of special family homemade ornaments and the kids we've been decorating the tree this week and the kids have been, they've been hanging those up, those fun mismatched ornaments. And I've, <laughs> I might take them down. I don't know yet. They're okay for now, but they're, they look sweet, but I might move them to, we might, I might see if I can try to maybe find like a smaller tree that we can put those fun things on and maybe put in the basement or put it in their room or something like that. So <laughs> So I love that. I thought that I would ask that question. No, I love that. <laughs> see what your, what your tree looks like in your head. And mine looks, mine looks, you know, similar. Definitely the white lights. I definitely like pretty matching bulbs and the paper thing though. I do like lots of different paper. I do like that. <laughs> I love what you said about the ornaments though, like the handmade ornaments that have those special memories, because I think you know, if you look, if you like just search like minimalism hashtag on Instagram, you'll get these like perfectly curated homes. And, and that's great for some people. And I mean, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be there someday, but I also never want to sacrifice, you know, family and memories and, um, you know, just those, those authentic relationships on the altar of minimalism. So, um, yeah, my ideal Christmas tree is in my head, but then then there's real life too, where minimalism um, takes different shapes and different forms and you have to find what works for your family. All right, well, thank you again so much. And this is just such great advice for direct sellers, for people, for especially going into the holidays and going into the new year. It's perfect advice for everyone to just take a look at their business and at their lives and just try to, you know, simplify things and you will be much happier for it. So thanks again for being on the show, Alexandra. Thanks so much, Tiffany. Bye. I'd love to keep the conversation going and I'd love to get to know you better. Join our free community group, the Directly Different Collaborative over on Facebook. There, you will find like-minded friends from the direct sales industry, and you'll be able to ask questions and get feedback on the things you need help with. You'll find a link to the group in the show notes. One more thing. If you know of a person in the direct sales industry that you look up to and admire, and you've always wanted to just ask them all the questions, I would love to chat with them. Shoot me an email with their name at directlydifferent at gmail.com, and they could be a future guest on the podcast. Thanks, guys.